In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is close at hand. So let us turn away from sin and turn to the Lord, confessing our sins in penitence and in faith. We have willfully misused your gifts of creation. Lord, be merciful. Forgive us our sin. We have seen the ill treatment of others and have not gone to their aid. Lord, be merciful. Forgive us our sin. We have condoned evil and dishonesty and failed to strive for justice. Lord, be merciful. Forgive us our sin. We have heard the good news of Christ, but have failed to share it with others. Lord, be merciful. Forgive us our sins. Dear friends, God, who was rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead in sin and made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. May Almighty God strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit, that Christ might live in your hearts through faith. Amen. grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Oh, for Jesus. 
Let us pray. O God, our strength, without you we are weak and wayward creatures. Protect us from all dangers that attack us from the outside and cleanse us from all evil that arises from within ourselves, that we may be preserved through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. first reading is from Deuteronomy chapter 4, starting at verse 1. So now, Israel, give heed to the statutes and ordinances that I am teaching you to observe, so that you may live to enter and occupy the land that the Lord, our God of your ancestors, is giving you. You must neither add anything to what I command you, nor take away anything from it, but keep the commandments of the Lord your God with which I am charging you. You must observe them diligently, for this will show your wisdom and discernment to the peoples, who when they hear all these statutes will say, surely this great nation is a wise and discerning people. For what other great nation has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is whenever we call to him? And what other great nation has statutes and ordinances as just as this entire law that I am setting before you today? But take care and watch yourselves closely so as neither to forget the things that your eyes have seen nor to let them slip from your mind all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and to your children's children. Word of God, word of life. Please read responsively Psalm 16, 15, sorry. Lord, who may dwell in your tabernacle? Who may abide upon your holy hill? Those who lead a blameless life and do what is right, who speak the truth from their heart. They do not slander with their tongue. They do no evil to their friends. They do not cast discredit upon a neighbor. In their sight, the wicked are rejected, but they honor those who fear the Lord. They have sworn upon their health and do not take back their word. They do not give their money in hope of gain, nor do they take bribes against the innocent. Those who do these things shall never be overthrown. The second reading is from James, chapter 1. 
Every generous act of giving with every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. In fulfillment of his own purpose, he gave us birth by the word of truth, so that we would become a kind of first fruit of his creatures. You must understand this, my beloved. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, for your anger does not produce God's righteousness. Therefore, rid yourselves of all sordidness and rank growth of wickedness, and welcome with meekness the implanted word that has the power to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not merely, merely hearers who deceive themselves. For if any are hearers of the word and not doers, they are like those who look at themselves in a mirror. For they look at themselves and, on going away, immediately forget what they were like. <coughs> But those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty and persevere, being not hearers who forget, but doers who act, they will be blessed in their doing. If any think they are religious and do not bridle their tongues but deceive their hearts, their religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Word of God, word of life. This is the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Now when the Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus, they noticed that some of his disciples were eating with defiled hands, that is, without washing them. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they thoroughly wash their hands, thus observing the tradition of the elders. And they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash it. And there are also many other traditions that they observe, the washing of cups, pots, and bronze kettles. So the Pharisees and the scribes asked Jesus, Why do your disciples not live according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? Jesus said to them, Isaiah prophesied rightly about you hypocrites, as it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. You abandon the commandment of God and hold to human tradition. Then Jesus called the crowd again and said to them, Listen to me, all of you, and understand, there is nothing outside a person that by going in can defile, but the things that come out are what defile. For it is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come. 
fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, folly. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. There's this advertisement I've seen on TV a few times recently for some family ancestry product. And in this ad, this individual talks about how they always wanted to know more about where they came from. So they signed up for said ancestry product and they got access to this trove of documents. And now that they've spent hours poring over these old records, they really understand who they are. If you've ever dug through old archives like that, you know the most common thought you have isn't, now I understand who I am. It's, what on earth am I looking at? We often expect people who came before us to reflect back our own problems and our own beliefs and our own concerns, but it turns out they're often dealing with something that we don't totally understand. And today's gospel reading is sort of like that. This is a debate between Jesus and the Pharisees about the proper way to honor Jewish dietary law in their first century context. And because we don't share their social, religious, cultural worldview, our initial response is probably, what on earth is going on here? It's tempting to just write off the whole thing as an insular debate that has nothing to do with us, but no surprise, I have eight more minutes, I'm gonna tell you this has everything to do with us. So to understand today's reading, you have to understand why those dietary laws existed in the first place. And if you read Deuteronomy and Leviticus, where those laws come from, you see they're intended primarily to remind the community of their covenant relationship with God. Amy Jill Levine, who's a scholar of Jewish life during this time, puts it this way, that those dietary laws, quote, helped Jews resist assimilation served as a sign of Jewish identity, helped support the poor, and otherwise reminded them that they were Israel, the covenant's community. In other words, the reason you keep these laws is because whenever you keep them, they remind you of God's covenant with you and your ancestors. When you keep them every day, you neither forget the things that your eyes have seen or let them slip from your mind. But you all are astute readers, and you probably notice that the main issue in today's gospel reading actually isn't about dietary laws. It's about hand washing. And if you go back to those lists of dietary rules from Deuteronomy and Leviticus, you'll notice that there is nothing in them about hand washing. And that is precisely the point. The rules about how you washed your hands before you ate were a human invention. They were a norm that was put in place by religious leaders that go above and beyond the letter of the law from God. And this is where you have to be a really careful reader of this text, because it's very easy to miss that distinction between Jewish dietary law and these extra traditions and just throw them in the same bucket. And I'm sure there are lots of well-meaning but misguided people this morning who will say that Judaism is burdensome and legalistic and that Jesus is here to tell us to just chill out, no rules, just right. 
but there's a very important distinction between those two things, and that distinction is what Jesus points us to. Those dietary laws help create a sense of community and solidarity and memory. But what the hand washing does is it creates a hierarchy. The normal people are down here, and the super religious, spiritually enlightened people are up here. So instead of reminding people of their covenant relationship with God, these human traditions either create a false sense of superiority or an unmerited sense of guilt. And Jesus parses out that distinction in two clever ways in today's reading. The first thing Jesus says is the Pharisees are right to be concerned, but they're concerned with the wrong thing. And you notice Jesus actually doesn't drop that language of purity and defilement, which makes sense because that language is about remembering God's covenant with you. Jesus keeps that language, but he changes the location. He says it's not just about you and your food, it's about your heart, and it's about your neighbor. So that whole list of actions that Jesus gives us, murder, avarice, wickedness, slander, etc., that's all about how we relate to other people. And Jesus says that's where defilement happens too. Which means the type of community that we build, that we foster, that we create, communicates something about how God liberates us from death and leads us into life. That's true for church, obviously, but it's also true for families, relationships, for every person, institution that we participate in. Every relationship that we have communicates something about God's promise to us. And in the same way that every religious ritual we perform reminds us of our relationship with God, every single encounter we have with another person is an opportunity to communicate something about God's character. Our relationships can create shame and superiority or they can reflect the loving kindness of God. And that's true not just for the neighbors we live with today, but the traditions of the neighbors who came before us. And this is the really fun part of this. The criticism that Jesus makes in today's reading is not that traditions are bad. After all, everyone has some type of tradition. You do something twice and it becomes a tradition. The criticism that Jesus makes is that these traditions fail to be life-giving when they point back to themselves. In the context of today's story, traditions go awry when instead of telling us something about God's character, they serve only to make us feel superior or make us feel ashamed. And just as all of our relationships with our neighbors communicate something about God's character, so do all of the traditions that we've inherited from other people. Jesus enables us, you could say gives us permission, to take the traditions that we've received from others and look at them critically and ask what purpose they serve. If they communicate something important about the character of God, then great, let's keep doing them. But if they're just here to make us feel superior or make others feel guilty or just because we don't want to think about it, it's probably best to leave them behind. Traditions have a funny way of turning into idols. So what's the vision that Jesus gives us here? Well, you put those two ideas together and you get a pretty good definition of freedom. We're freed from spiritual insecurity. 
that so often we're made to feel less than. You're not devout enough. You're not faithful enough. You're not talented enough. You're not skilled enough. Jesus frees us from the stories that we tell ourselves and that other people tell about us. We're freed from clinging to traditions that others use to make us feel inadequate or exclude us or make us feel unworthy of the calling God has placed on our lives. And Jesus frees us to trust that the kingdom of God is present whenever we serve our neighbors. And because that comes from your heart, it comes from within you, there's nothing that can keep you from doing that. To use the language of today's reading, there's nothing that can defile you. There's nothing someone else can place on you that can prevent you from reflecting the loving kindness of God in your life the way you are right now, today. And why do we do all that? Well, not because we need to be better than other people or because we need to prove our worth. No, because in Jesus, our hearts are always beating with the love of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's join the church around the world confessing our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven, he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. 
Made children and heirs of God's promise, let us pray for the church, the world, and all God's people. We pray for the church that it is a safe haven for all who seek your presence. Fill it with leaders who echo your expansive and generous welcome. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the whole creation, that plants and animals have the habitat and resources to thrive and flourish. Inspire us to protect threatened habitats and ensure a sustainable future for generations to come. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for individuals in positions of authority. Raise up wise and discerning leaders in federal, state, and local governments and guide them to seek the benefit of every person. We pray especially this week for the people of Cape Verde, the Gambia, Guinea, Guinea-Bissau, and Senegal. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all who are in need. Support and encourage those who are underemployed, overworked, and living in poverty. Bring food, shelter, and clothing, and stability for daily life. If you have any other petitions, I invite you to offer those at this time. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all who have to witness to their faith in situations where they are ridiculed, threatened, and persecuted, that they may find in you, Lord, the courage they need. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. With thanksgiving, we remember those who have died. Keep us in communion with all the saints until we at last find our rest in you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We offer these prayers in the name of the one who gives us every perfect gift, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you always and also with you.
Let us pray. God of life, Savior of the poor, receive it with our offerings, gratitude for your goodness, penitence for our pride, and dedication to your service. In Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full. Holy God, beginning and end, you are perfect communion, perfect love, perfect life. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, the mother of us all. In the beginning, your spirit moved over the waters, calling forth life in which you took delight. When humanity was first overcome by shame, you sought them out and found them. When your people were enslaved in Egypt, you heard their cries and led them into freedom. And now, in the fullness of time, you sent your chosen servant, Christ, our brother, to redeem us from death and give to us your life. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. As people came from east and west to greet your son, we come from the ends of the earth to meet you here at table this morning. Join us with all your people here, with matriarchs and patriarchs, prophets and psalmists, tax collectors and holy innocents. May all praise and honor be given unto you, Holy One of Israel, Carpenter's Son of Nazareth, Holy Spirit of every nation and tongue, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The body of Christ given for you, and the blood of Christ shed for you. heaven and earth, as Jesus taught his disciples to be persistent in prayer, give us patience and courage never to lose hope, but always to bring our prayers before you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
At this time, we open things up for any announcements, joys, and concerns. Did anyone have anything they wanted to share with the congregation this morning? I have a couple things. I want to let you know some giving and advocacy stuff. We've taken 23 backpacks up to Center for Food Action so far to thank you to everyone who's contributed to that. Uh, do you remember this spring, we had an endowment grant that went to RIP medical debt? Does this sound vaguely familiar? Yes. Uh, we got, that's been distributed, we got word from them between us and Christ Woodcliffe Lake, we eliminated, uh, I'll get you the exact number this week, I think it's about $1.5 million in medical debt that was held by 1,200 people, just, that's just within Bergen County, so uh, you should feel good about that, even though you see the number and you're sort of, it's a little bit jarring. Um, and I want to let you know, uh, Lutheran Immigration and Refugee Service, as we're going to be resettling immigrants from Afghanistan here, they're in our endowment queue that's going to come up next month. And so I would, they'll be up for a review. They have an application coming down the pike. Uh, and we are on their list of sort of partners in the area. So if there's something we can do, they'll reach out to me and then we'll go from there. I could be wrong about this. The Fishers could remind me. Advent has sponsored a refugee family in the past. Is that correct? They were from Vietnam, I believe. Okay, yes. And I believe, I could be wrong about this. I believe Barbara Huber was resettled here by Lutheran Immigration Service. Um, so we have some connections there as a congregation too. The other thing I want to let you know has to do with the building. You will notice if you're here, my, be my beautiful gutters are up on the building. The roof is like 99% done, uh, so that should be finished up this week. And then uh, our HVAC um, mechanic is going to be here on Tuesday. He's going to show us how to improve the ventilation in our building and bring it into the CDC recommendations. We're still looking at September to resume some indoor programming. I will get you a particular date once everything is set. I want everything to be set before I make any promises. So. Uh, that is all I have in the way of announcements. I invite you to receive the blessing. We go into the world to walk in God's light, to rejoice in God's love, and to reflect God's, glo God's glory. And may Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. Amen. Go in peace. You are free in Christ. Thanks be to God.
Thank you. Thank you. One sour note in that last one. <laughs>